What is going on? Happy New Year, Adam Conk. Happy New Year. Right here in studio, Paul George Adam Conk talking the art of living in 2020. I need to congratulate you. For? You survived until the year 2020. That's true. I never, you know, when you're younger, you never think about the years, but you look back and be like, I never thought 2020 would ever be here. Do you remember how big of a deal 2000 was? It was like, wow. Y2K. We're really growing up, world, you know? Yeah. That was 20 years ago. That was 20 years ago. Isn't that wild? Mm Mm-hmm. I was a young fellow. (laughs) You were a really young fellow. I was pretty young. Were you in high school? I was 15. And believe it or not, uh, that summer was when I first saw you. At a conference. At a conference. Steubenville South in Alexandria. Hmm. And there was Paul doing his so gospel it is tw- preaching thing. Speaking of, it is 25 years, wait, 20 years. It's 25 years since that conference started. I'm going to be speaking at it again this summer. It's a 25-year sort of reunion celebration. I think I might be getting of the age where it's like, hey, na, 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 <laughs> na. Na, 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 na. I would guess hey, that hey, at least one hey. of the other speakers was born the year Good you started. Bye. Probably. At least. Right? I mean, it's 25. That's a pretty good guess. There's a chance, which is crazy, which means, hey, I'm I, I'm going to be doing different things in my life in 2020. So what are you saying <laughs> at good. a conference now that you wouldn't have said back then? I probably, I probably would know more lingo or teen slang or references back then back then yeah you know so i was younger than yeah. i do now although i do have teenagers in the house so i randomly know some things but i don't care about them it's crazy how fast that changes i didn't realize this when i was a teenager but like every three years there's a whole nother vocabulary i just avoid movie references song references <laughs> because i'm usually way out of date on it <laughs> there's only so many times you talk about the lion king and they well although now it just came out again uh, yeah and i don't even know who's seen it speaking of who's seen it have you seen this what did you say that is so interesting oh, for real though i'm for real and people wouldn't believe this stuff unless they've seen it but you can't make this up right and particularly, this is a have you seen for South Louisiana that most people around the world would not even guess this can happen. So kind of overview, and you can fill in the gaps, is a lot of things that, that we do here is there's blessings of stuff. So, mm-hmm. you know, when we live down, you know, on the on the coast, Homa, they would have blessings of the ships, you know. So the bishop or the priest would bless all the shrimp boats for the season, yada, yada, okay? We bless everything, Right. Well, apparently here there was a blessing of the fields, and the way that they bless them is they bless the water, put the water in a crop duster, right? Flew the crop duster, and then sprayed the holy water. <laughs> it's very efficient. Very efficient over the field. Now, I don't know if you could do that. I don't know what's allowed. Oh, he did it. <clears throat> he, he did it. He did I, it. And, I, and I'm sure that there's, there's, no, there's no way to know if that – because. You can't make that up. There's no like, hey, where's that you can't in look the that book? Up in canon law. Right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Can you use planes to distribute holy water? Oh, section three, paragraph <laughs> Crop subparagraph six are allowed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I did see this. So Father Matthew Bazaar down in Cow Island, Louisiana, which and it made national news. People are all fired up about this. Um, he's a young priest, young guy, and now Cow Island. For those of you who don't know, is like very rural down, you know, towards the coast. 
you know, there's yeah, a lot of it's farming. Not like West. It's yeah, it's it's marsh and farming marsh, right. and rural country area. Mm-hmm. You know, so having access to a crop duster is like, yeah. Why not? Why not? <laughs> so yeah, they load this thing up, fill it with water, bless the water, and then just let loose. So a lot of people's comments are like, we need to do that in our city, but like they live in an actual city, you know, or that- do that across the diocese. Um, maybe. I mean, what would you do if you're just like outside cutting your grass, you see a plane, and it's just dropping all kind of water? Just sprinkling holy water over your city. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I'm kind of into that now yeah. that you mentioned it, because it's like, it's like, wouldn't you want to claim like your whole city for Jesus, mm-hmm. right? I don't, I mean, we do processions with the Eucharist around yeah. town, or, you know, we pray, but it would take forever to go down every street and bless it. So Very inefficient. Just yeah. put it in a crop duster. Put it in a plane. Man, you could drop other things from planes, too. Like, have a holy water plane. I would have, like, a rosary mm. plane just dropping bags of rosary. I would like to get an exorcist on this to see if, like, as the holy water drops, would, like, demons flee? Like, would there be, like, sizzling right. sounds in the city? <laughs> Somewhere. I mean, sure. I, I, honestly, like, 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 what would happen? Mm-hmm. Well, maybe we should uh, invite some exorcists. I know a few of them that said their New Year's resolution was to exercise more. Really? That's good. <laughs> Badoom doom. Do you know any exorcists? Actually, I do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, one is retired, so like he's not actively at it, but he's uh, he was the designated exorcist for a diocese. Yeah. So you retire exorcist? You like? I'm too tired to exercise. <laughs> That's right. Basically, he might come out of retirement, you know, like a Michael Jordan. If it's type a serious thing. situation, right, right. Like maybe he's walking down the street, the crop duster plane comes by with holy water, mm-hmm. and stuff's happening right in front of him. The yeah. sizzling possessed person. Now I have a a friend who's a lay person who's an exorcist mm-hmm. goes with the exorcist of the diocese who's a priest. There, it's a team in a diocese. When they get a report on, you know, an evil spirit or someone who's possessed and. And people are like, you know, is that stuff real? You know, and so he shares stories. And he said, look, 98% of the calls we get, it's a squirrel in the attic. <laughs> you know, really? someone's just like, I heard something, and I think it's a ghost. <laughs> really? And, and it's a squirrel in the attic. You know, they're paranoid. <laughs> but he, he, did, he said this. He goes, but the 2% that are real are serious. And he shares those stories, and it's pretty intense. Wow. Yeah. It's good stuff. Like the like the, the the visible reality of evil in the world and manifesting in situations or people kind of freaks me out. <clears throat> so anyway, yeah, I'm all about should, the crop duster. Let it fly. Like just bless the earth, my man. Like let it fly. Yeah. Like why not? Why not? Man, so out of South Louisiana we got Eucharistic boat processions right. for like thirteen miles. We got crop dusting. Uh, holy water planes, right? Um, ambulance confessionals. We do. We are like, like where else in the innovative. world? Like, yeah. <laughs> and th- and that is the thing about culture, particularly Cajun culture, is it's very innovative. It's very yes. creative in a sense of using resources to do whatever's available. Yeah. Whatever's available to do something, and you know, we we call it Cajun engineering. But so much of really like our economy is birthed out of just Cajun engineering. Mm-hmm. It's kind of cool. It you is know? cool. Well, good job, Father Bizarre. Including crawfish. Cow Island people. You yep. know, figuring out how to raise and farm crawfish and how people eat them. 
which, by the way, it's crawfish season. <gasps> You're right. Mm-hmm. You're right. Yeah, we're going to have to do some of that. Yeah, let's have, do it. Have you ever actually been crawfishing? No. Um, no, I have not. All right, so it's a new year. It's something you need to do. We're gonna, well, we got to make it I happen. I thought they'd get caught in traps. Yeah, so but you can a... go check the traps and oh, set okay. the traps and get in the boat and pull the traps, and it's fun. Is it? Mm-hmm. Well, let's do this. Until you pull up one of those traps and there's a snake in it. Ooh. That's when I run. <laughs> yeah. So it is a new year, and, you know, I get fascinated on new year because, in a sense, like, Every day is a new day. God's calling us to something new. But New Year's do give us a sense of a new beginning, new start. And I know if people have mentioned and talked to me about, you know, they, they pray, uh, meditate, think about, like, w- what does God want for them in this new year? And then they kind of they squish it down into a word or a phrase for the year, kind of a mantra for their year that they can lean on. Have you ever done that? Like, thinking about, like, a word or a phrase and that being your mantra for a year. So it's 2020. What's the word that God has put on my heart for me in my life and the direction that I feel like God wants me to go. Make sense. Yeah, totally. I like that idea. Sometimes for me, it's two or three years, like in chapters or seasons. Um, but this year I would say if I had to pick a word, it would be simplify. It's hmm. a good word. Simplify. Cause I've had a lot of like stuff Yeah. to, f- you know, that God, I think God's brought up, but like right. it's been swirling around in my life for several years. But this year it's all kind of coming to a head. I'm going to be ordained, God willing, in a couple months and these kinds of things. So it's time to just kind of take a breath and simplify. I like that. What so in you? your life, like really not only just saying, hey, that's a word, but but marinating in that, praying with mm-hmm. that and, and asking the Lord, like, what does that mean? How does that translate into my life spiritually, physically, emotionally this year? Mm-hmm. God, how do you want me to simplify? I remember my word last year because it was actually a really tough word that I saw actually happen physically. You know, like it, it there was very tangible things. My word last year was detachment. Mm. And uh, a little bit different than simplify, maybe a little related, but like real detachment, like detachment from things, detachment from old ways, detachment from myself and ideas, detachment on what I think should happen and you know just a lot of letting go and detachment and in a sense like it was hard if i can be honest like there was a lot because thing about detachment is then you have to admit that you're attached Mm -hmm. to detach right yep it's the hardest step that first step so so last year was detachment and you know i kind of been thinking about my word for this year and my, where my heart is and, and leaning in to prayer and kind of meditating. And I'm doing this <clears throat> prayer meditation with St. Joseph uh, starting out the year. And uh, the word that keeps coming to me is uh, new beginnings. Well, that that's two words. Well, it's a compound word. Okay. I'm putting a Hyphen. dash. <laughs> Let's just say new. Okay. <laughs> new. new. Instead of beginning, sounding like it's some type of, you know, child care. <laughs> New Beginnings Daycare Center <laughs> That's your, by Paul George. <laughs> That's what you're doing for That's the year. That's what I'm going to do. Let's just say the word new. Okay, new. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. I like new. And it makes sense as I'm thinking, like going from detachment to new. Mm-hmm. Like God has new things, probably some different things, things that I don't know about. And like that's what I, 
I sense and feel that I need to really pray with. That's awesome. And I think that's so important, too, to discern this, like what what needs to be on your radar, in a sense, because a lot of time God drops graces or uh, things in our in our path that he expects us to respond to in a way that's like we're ready to receive it. So, for example, last year was detachment for you. Now that has prepared you for what, what is coming in this year. Um, and if you're if you're looking for it, you'll see it, you know. And this is, this is the power, I think, of kind of the spiritual writers call it uh, examination of foresight, where you kind of look ahead. So you're not looking back mm-hmm. on what you've done or where you've been. You're looking ahead as to, like, what God might be doing or what, what's in your heart so that you have more vision to mm-hmm. that to see what he's going to give you. Right. Yeah. So I, I think this is great. Great idea, Paul, Here's what word. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, you know, so I want to encourage people who are listening. Like, I think we can complicate things so much, and we set unrealistic goals and so many big things. Like, to to hone in on a word, you know, like a, a mantra, a phrase, kind of helps us to um, zoom in, hone in on 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 something, you know, mm-hmm. and stay with that uh, instead of getting like too spread out with it. So I want to encourage people to pray about that. Think about it. Um, think about a word and, you know, new year gives us opportunity. Yeah. To begin anew, to start over, to set some goals and objectives. And I think those are good things to put to pen and paper. Um, but maybe there's a word within that, that kind of drives it you know, drives your goals and objectives that internally you sense that, uh, man, this is, this is where I'm at. And this is what, you know, I feel like God wants to do in my life. That may be a hard word. And, you know, it usually takes a little bit of work and effort. New beginnings. I love it. <laughs> it the day you see me running a, a daycare <laughs> is the day I'll die. Your daycare would be very structured. Um, you'd have a lot of delegation going on, yes. like uh, layers between you and the children. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and yes. Things would happen at a certain time every day, no matter what. Absolutely. I mean, that sounds good to me. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. And if, yeah, if your child doesn't sleep, <laughs> they can't come. <laughs> Sorry. No cranky kids. No cranky kids. No cranky kids. All right. It's Paul and Adam. A new year. Talking Art of Living. We'll be right back. The Paul George Show is made possible in part by our partners at Solidarity HealthShare. Solidarity is the Catholic solution to the healthcare problem. Are you paying too much for your healthcare cost? Solidarity HealthShare is a healthcare sharing ministry which provides an ethical way to fund healthcare costs while protecting and practicing our Catholic beliefs. Best yet, Solidarity HealthShare's members are exempt from the fines and penalties in the Affordable Care Act. Visit SolidarityHealthShare.org. That's SolidarityHealthShare.org. Welcome back to the show, Paul and Adam in studio. Okay, Adam's probably one of the most tech-savvy people that I know, and there are a lot of people out there. Yeah, Mm. and so on the break, like, you're texting people, because we're going to go grab lunch after this, and... It's taking you. It was taking you forever to text. You're like, like a grandpa or grandma yeah, trying. Yeah. Where's my phone? How do I turn this thing on? I I don't even know how to. And you're like the most millennial person I know. Yeah. Well, I got a new messaging app, and you know. Anyway, I apologize. I let you down. Yeah, like you were slow. 
Like Lit, slower yeah. than me. Slow. I, I can see it in your eyes. I've lost respect <laughs> in you. It's time to step it up this year. <laughs> oh, man. Speaking of, so I was mentioning earlier, um, <clears throat> I'm in this group of friends. Not They don't all live here. So we're in this text group, couples and priests um, that are doing this consecration to St. Joseph. I don't know if you've heard of this. I've heard of a consecration to St. Joseph. There's a specific one. Well, I don't really know all of them. I I wasn't really privy to knowing that there was a consecration to St. Joseph. Nice. I always had a devotion to St. Joseph, but mm-hmm. a consecration to St. Joseph. All that being said, there's a book that you read a, de- oh, okay. a reflection each day. Cool. And I thought it was going to be like a nine-day thing. Well, it's like 50s days, 40-something days. Dang. It's like you're all in on that's, this. That's a man's consecration. Yeah, so... But, you know, it's, it's you know, I'm trying to pray every day anyway, so it's a reflection and a prayer, you know, it's, it, but it but it's cool. It kind of breaks open the life of St. Joseph, um, you know, over the course of time. So, so there's a lot there to make you think and reflect on. Very cool. And, you know, it, it was perfect because we started during Christmas, you know, and so at Christmas, like, you're, you're really thinking about the Holy Family, and then you have the octave and then, you know, the whole thing and, and your journey each day. And a lot of, at least in my mind, a lot of times when I'm in Christmas and, um, you know, Advent, Christmas, the octave, the, the season is, I do think a lot about St. Joseph. I have in the mm-hmm. past, just because you're like, who's this guy in the story yeah. that's making some very, very important decisions about life that we don't talk a whole lot about. Right, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, he's like he's like the third wheel in a very important family unit of you know Mary who's sinless and, and Jesus who's divine. I mean, he, here we are, and then there's Saint Joseph, who you know is now a saint, holy but human, right? Fallen, you know, he's of a fallen nature like you and I, you know, and, and yet virtuous, courageous. So it breaks it all open, and it, it's been really really interesting and one of the things that's made me it's made me realize a lot of things adam but one is is um is that joseph and mary were married they were married folks yeah a real marriage a real marriage Mm -hmm. you know it wasn't although chaste in their marriage it wasn't like they were roommates and it wasn't like that they were two separate people. And it wasn't like Joseph was just like, I'm going to provide for Mary and Joseph and kind of hide them from the world and, and be sort of like this surrogate provider, foster dad type, you know, yada, yada. They, they had a real marriage and a real family. Jesus school, that he learned the school of love, the school of, you know, family. He learned in the family unit, learning in the human sense, the love of Joseph and Mary and their marriage, right? We don't often think about they were a married couple, real married, everyday marriage, right? Yeah, and the best one ever. And the best one ever. I mean, we've had saints that have been married to each other, but... Nothing like that. I mean, the Blessed Virgin Mary and St. Joseph in their marriage, um, you're right. It, it's a great thing to meditate on and contemplate. So every, and here's what it is, because, you know, the, 
the consecration of St. Joseph is just, just not just for guys, it's for guys and girls, is that every virtue that St. Joseph learned and grew in and developed um, is one that we all can, as men and women. Because in, in, in the marriage unit, like he's the most like us, if that makes any sense. Yeah. Because he's the he's human. Yeah, he's you know, fallen I mean, Mary's human, but she doesn't have pro- fallen nature. Fallen right. nature protected from sin. You know, <clears throat> Joseph didn't, and so his growth and holiness is the same path that we can take. Mm-hmm. And his growth in the virtues, and in and his love, and in his chastity, and in his faith, and in his hope, and his joy, and his prayer, is the same growth and path that we can take. Right, so you know, oftentimes I think when we when we think about Mary and Jesus, we think, "Oh, they're great. I can learn a lot from them, but I'll never be like them." Mm-hmm. Right? There's something that separates us because of that in our minds, like, "Oh, they, they were perfect." Joseph wasn't. Yeah, I've always been impressed by this the humility of it. Because I mean, Saint Joseph was the greatest man that ever lived, right? The holiest saint that's a man, and he, Scripture calls him a just man, which is huge. I mean, God's word, his inspired word calls him a just man, which means like a saint, right? So, I mean, this was a dude and God, God in his mercy puts St. Joseph in a family where he's by far the worst person. Right, right, right. <laughs> like, he's the least. And, and that should tell you something about his ability to be okay with that. Mm-hmm. Like his humility. Um, and yet he still had a major role in it. So it wasn't totally. like Mary did everything and Jesus did everything. Like Joseph worked, he provided, he took action. When it talks about the Holy Family in Scripture that we know, that the angel appeared to Joseph and talked to Joseph. And mm-hmm. Joseph said, we need to leave. We, you know, Joseph listened to God and obeyed and left. And, you know, you know, went to Egypt and then went to Galilee, like listening to the Lord. So, his role wasn't just like, hey, you know, I'm just going to pack the mule and let's roll. Like God was speaking to him, and he was obeying and listening. Totally. And, I, you know, the Blessed Virgin Mary is in her person like an icon of the church, right? So everything that's true about the church is true of the Blessed Virgin Mary. The church is a mother. Mary is a mother. Um, the church is sinless. Mary is sinless. Although we are sinners in the church, the church herself is immaculate. Joseph is like that disciple, like you said, that's just like you and I, where he had such a proximity to both Christ and the church. And he followed very closely. And this proximity to to God himself, to Jesus, and to Mary, like Joseph is that first disciple mm-hmm. amongst sinners right. that Really, him following God's will, he had an active part. Just yeah. like you and I will have an active, an active part in God's will today, in mm-hmm. our own family, in our own workplace, and whatever else, we're not just like spectators in the the uh, grace sport. You know, we're not right. spectators in God's will. We're actually called to do very difficult, heroic things. Yep. Just like Saint Joseph, that was entirely dependent on him. Yep. If he wouldn't have done what God asked him to do, we would not be talking about Jesus and Mary the same way today. Right. Um, and if we don't do what God's asking us to do, salvation history is forever changed. Yeah. You know, one of the things that I was reading that I can relate to, and I think most people can, is that Joseph Joseph's life did not end up what he how he thought it was going to end up. Yeah. 
Like that was probably not what he grew up thinking. It's not what he grew up thinking. <laughs> and I think we've all gotten to places and seasons in our life where we thought, is this all there is? Or um, this isn't what I thought life would be like or where I would be right now in my life or what I would have or would not have accomplished or done. You know, we, we, we all have those those thoughts. And oftentimes we, it kind of makes us sink down or we then we play the victim and then we, you know, we start you know, not really knowing what to do. Joseph had that same type of emotion and feeling of like, Mm -hmm. this isn't what I planned. This isn't, this isn't what I thought my life would end up like. And yet God kept moving him forward and Joseph took action steps forward and Hey, get up and go. Hey, do this. Hey, provide. And in that found, found true joy in living out his vocation in that moment. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, and not looking back yeah, and thinking, oh, I wish it would have happened this way. This is where I'm at. This is what God said. This is how God provided. This is what I'm doing, you know. Yeah. And, you know, I find a lot of <clears throat> consolation in that because we, we can all relate to that totally. feeling. Totally. And, I mean, imagine for me one of the, the icons of that is, let's say, Joseph in Egypt. So he, he hears from the angel to flee to Egypt because they're trying to kill Jesus, right? So they go to Egypt. He must have heard at some point what happened in Bethlehem, mm-hmm. that every boy two yeah. and under was killed. Yeah. When he got that news, can you just imagine the second guessing, the lack of confidence, the, like, did I do something wrong? Right. Did, I mean, all these children just died because of us. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so to have that gut punch, but then keep moving forward, keep doing God's will, um, and to let let that let him wrestle with that let himself wrestle with that for probably years to come mm-hmm. i mean can you imagine if the decisions you made led to the death of hundreds of children right like this is a big impact on right. the man right yeah and just to juggle all that it's interesting um so you know i go back to the to the marriage though like joseph and mary were married and i keep mm-hmm. saying it because i think they're not they weren't two separate people you know we believe that the two become one so yeah they're two individuals who decided to become you know one in their marriage you know in union with god and they lived that out they lived that out in in holiness and if you're married out there the most important thing that you can do in your life in 2020 is to be married Mm -hmm. like like is is to love your spouse like that's the most important thing that you can do. It's more important than raising your kids. It's more important than anything else. Is is where you find true holiness is in loving your spouse. Yet yeah, loving God is more important, but you can't separate is what I'm saying, loving God from loving your spouse. Like the two go hand in hand, right? And you know, the majority of people are married. Like married folks mm-hmm. are out there and it marriage isn't easy, right? When we look at, at Joseph, he had the most distance to grow in loving, right? Yeah. But he did it. He didn't back away. He didn't run from it. He didn't say, this is too hard. Uh, you know, I'm married to perfection. You know, like, <laughs> uh, you know, I have, <clears throat> I have the more dude to was work never on. on the wrong end of an argument. Like, and I, and I know this in my own marriage is like, I know that like I had the most to work on. You mm-hmm. know, I know that. But 
the the courage to ask God is like, help me to keep working on it. And I want to encourage you if you're married, like 2020, like that one of your top goals would be to work on your marriage. Mm-hmm. If it's good, make it better. If it's not good, make it make it better. You know, if it's great, make it better. Like never stop working on that. Find a retreat. Uh, go go to a marriage conference. Like like do some action to make your marriage better. To get tools to grow because the the place that you're going to grow in holiness the most is in your vocation Mm -hmm. it's not going to be outside your vocation it's going to be in your vocation that's where it translates yeah a lot of people listening may be in a situation where their marriage is in a tough spot or it's at least stuck or they're there are issues right that um are you feeling adequate they're deep they're profound issues and it may seem like a huge monster that could never be dealt with you know Mm -hmm. but a year is a long time actually in relationships yeah um a lot can happen a lot can happen in a year and it starts with expanding your vision of what marriage is that's why i want to second the recommendation of going to like a married conference or retreat or some opportunity to expand the way you see marriage itself the way you see what you're doing when you're married Mm -hmm. because that's where real conversion starts right it's seeing things differently right and then from there you begin to do things differently yeah and if you really invest your heart and soul for a year into your marriage whatever the mountain is right now or the monster in the room or like the thing that seems insurmountable a year is a long time and Mm -hmm. if you can commit to just one year not thinking about 520 the rest of your life i mean that'll come but just making 2020 a year where I commit everything to my marriage, mm-hmm. a lot can happen in a year. Yeah, absolutely. If you're not married, commit to growing to prepare for your future marriage or vocation, you know? Mm-hmm. And if you're in a celebrate vocation, like your your marriage there, like growing that, you know, one of the things I'm most convicted about is I'm convicted about helping people in their marriage. So are you. My conviction is a little bit different than yours. Not that the results aren't the same. I, I just come from a broken home. And so my conviction is like in this sense of like, I know what it feels like to not be in a good marriage, right? To, mm-hmm. to have the results of that. Your conviction is like, I know what it's like to come from a good marriage and family. And so it, wherever we are in that spectrum, it's one of the things that I'm passionate about because, you know, I believe that the greatest thing that you can do in your life action wise is if you're in a marriage is to be in a good marriage like to make your marriage good like that's the place where god is calling you first and foremost right Mm -hmm. this is why we do our marriage stuff and our marriage conferences because we just want to help people you know and this is why we're doing one in february yeah you know you and i and at the cathedral you know february 15th of this year, we wanted at the beginning of the year to help people just say, hey, you know, towards the front end of the year, start thinking about your marriage being a priority, right? Just work on it. Yeah, and if you don't know where to start, that's why we do conferences like this, like practical, helpful things to say, look, here's the bigger vision of marriage. Here's God's vision of marriage. It's not inaccessible to you. Like God doesn't offer a vision for marriage that, every single married person cannot achieve. Right. And who's the, who's it for? It's for anybody who's in an imperfect marriage, mm-hmm. which is everyone. Yeah. Me and you, right? Even, like even Joseph and Mary, because Joseph wasn't perfect. Exactly. Now, if Joseph was sinless, maybe their marriage was perfect. <laughs> but their marriage wasn't perfect. No. Um, and neither is, is ours, right? 
Right, absolutely. And I, I think that's just the, the reality is that we're not called to have a perfect marriage. We're called to have a faithful marriage, mm-hmm. a loving marriage, a holy. When none of us will ever be perfect in it, you know. And I think to gather and to just to own it and learn and grow is something that we all need and something that we don't just talk about. You know, it's, it's just, you know, we kind of just don't talk about how hard it is or how imperfect we are. And so it's important. Let that be one of your goals, you know, this year. And I want to encourage you. If you want to read more about St. Joseph and the Holy Family, dive into that. But be intentional about growing in your vocation this year. All right, Paul and Adam, uh, talking Art of Living. We'll be right back. The Paul George Show is made possible in part by our partners at Solidarity HealthShare. Solidarity is the Catholic solution to the health care problem. Are you paying too much for your health care cost? Solidarity HealthShare is a health care sharing ministry which provides an ethical way to fund health care costs while protecting and practicing our Catholic beliefs. Best yet, Solidarity HealthShare's members are exempt from the fines and penalties in the Affordable Care Act. Visit SolidarityHealthShare.org. That's SolidarityHealthShare.org. Welcome back to the show. Paul and Adam here talking art of living. The art of living. Life. Life. Yeah, it's a new year. I mean, it's exciting. You know, I'm kind of honing in on my word for the year. New. I'm in the middle of this, like... Did I mess you up? Because I, I didn't mean to thing. challenge you on air like that. But when you said new beginnings, I just had to point out that it was two words. Well, I really... My word's really new. Okay. I was trying to I was trying to describe the word new with another word. Gotcha. So I'm fine with one word. Okay. And it's new, N-E-W, not K-N-E-W. <laughs> right? Yeah. Okay, just want some clarity. Like, if the word was K-N-E-W, that would be like, if you only knew. <laughs> right. That'd be a great phrase for the year. Oh, if you only, only knew. knew. <laughs> that's, my, that's my mantra for the year. If you only knew, Paul. If you only knew. You actually do say that. You say that pretty regularly. So, <laughs> I guess that's a good question, you know? And yours is? Simplicity. Simplicity. I'm, I've always been a simple man. Mm-hmm. My mom always called me simple, but um, really, no, uh, I didn't think. So. Yeah, I want to simplify life because I wouldn't describe you as simple. So if you, when you say the word simple, I, I would kind of say that could totally be something Adam could work on. Yeah, you yeah, know? simplify. Just because you, you know, you juggle a lot of balls. You have a big family. You got a lot on your plate. Mm-hmm. You do a lot of things, you know, and so like, I think. The call is simple. It's going to be good and challenging. At the same yeah, time. The past few years, it seems like God's just been throwing more at me. Um, it's like that joke, Jim Gaffigan, that comedian. He had five kids, which is great. I have seven. But he anyway, still he had does. Five, and people still does. And people ask him, "What's it like to have five kids?" And it's like, "Well, imagine you're drowning." And people laugh. And he says, "And then someone throws a baby at you." <laughs> and there it is. It's been like that for like a few years, which is great. I'm. You know, right, love, but your love, life isn't simple. But I think it's time to get to a place of more simplicity, which right. is great. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, yeah. so we haven't done this in a while. <gasps> a little six-pack of questions. Question. Question number one. All right, so you mentioned this book of a Consecration of St. Joseph. Uh, I want to ask you, what is it? What is the book? Um, how can we get it? 
Tell me. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I have the book right here, um, pulling it out, but I'd never heard of it. You know, I knew of a devotion to a saint, but I didn't know you could do a consecration to... Oh, it's consecration to Jesus through St. Joseph. So let's mm. be theologically clear. Yes. This makes sense. Is Jesus is the divine. You know, Joseph is it. He's a human, but he's saintly. Consecration to Jesus through St. Joseph, an integrated look at the Holy Family by Gregory Patero and Jennifer Settle. Nice. Uh, yeah, so I guess you could find it. I think we just bought it on Amazon. The group got it. Right on. Well, that was an easy question number yeah. one. Yeah, yeah. So it, it's good. It you know it like I said like you got to go all in. I was a little di- disappointed because I thought we were doing like a novena, like a nine day <laughs> thing. And then I got the book. I was like, wait, this is long. And then they were like, no, it's like forty days. I was like, what? <laughs> I committed to something I didn't know was that long. So I'm out. No. <laughs> so I was like, all right, I'll do it. Nice. All right. Question number <clears throat> two. Um, so Saint Joseph being you know, the false father of Jesus and just a good man to marry, a good husband. Um, who's been like a m- example of manhood in your life uh, that's like a little St. Joseph for you? Like somebody who's been that man, you know, the holy man, who's not a priest necessarily, but yeah, who's been like that to you? Hmm. Like on earth? Yeah, on earth. On earth. The little St. Joseph. Uh, some of my friends used to say, I used to say Earth. Really? Mm-hmm. Well, you are from Marksville. Um, and I didn't know I said Earth. <laughs> I thought I was saying Earth. You know, there's been, a, I think for me, it's a village. Really? You know, of people. Um, the village people. <clears throat> the village people. <laughs> you often find characteristics in, in people that you're attracted to, and, you know, and then you, you kind of look or learn from them, you know, some specific things, you know. My dad had some some specific characteristics that I learned from that were mm-hmm. great. Um, you know, there were other guys that were older than me, a guy named Jim Beckman, who just really was passionate about his spiritual life and, you know, intentionally being a disciple. And I really learned from him, a, a guy named Phil Banowitz, who uh, just was and still is just a great father, very, you know, intentional about his fatherhood. You know, and I can go on a list of, you know, people and, and friends and mentors. You know, uh, Bishop Jacobs was really good about just teaching me how to how to stay steady and firm in my faith. You know, um, <clears throat> other people teaching me how to grow internally, emotionally. So yeah, it's been. I would just say the village people. That's a lot of people. You're mm-hmm. a very blessed man, sir. I think most people can maybe say like one or two. Well, I needed a lot of work. <laughs> I needed a lot of work. All right. Oh, Paul George, you are a piece of work. <laughs> yes, I am. Did I ever tell you that story? I think you did. But uh, question number three, tell was, us the story. Tell us the story? That the, the rude, crude, and unattractive? Yes. Tell us the Have story. Have I ever told you that story? Yes, off air, but let's do this on air. So I was, I don't know, being silly in class. You know, which was very consistent for me, getting in trouble, being sent to the office. And my teacher would say, Paul George, you're rude, crude, and unattractive. (laughs) And I'd be like, I can't argue with you right now. But the unattractive thing hurts. Rude, crude, I can own it. You didn't need to add that. (laughs) You didn't need to add the unattractive. Rude, crude, and unattractive. And, you know, honestly, like, she was right. 
Like there was nothing that she said was wrong about that. And I think the unattractive part was my behavior was very unattractive. Mm. Rude, crude, and unattractive. <laughs> Came a point in in my life, I think you you wake up and you realize that's not the person I want to be. Mm. You know, I don't want to be rude, crude, and unattractive for the rest of my life. And I think for everyone it's different. Waking up and saying, what, who do I want to be? What type of person I want to be? You know, so. Wow, she really impacted you. Yeah, later on, but I remember that story. Probably. I'm gonna start telling that to people then. I, rude, crude, and they, unattractive. They could become Catholic speakers too. <laughs> You'd never know. <laughs> I don't know if that was the wake up call, but I look back on it and be like, I sure was rude, crude, I sure and unattractive. Was. <laughs> All right, well, question number four. So we talked about investing in your marriage this year, and we talked about a few options, things to go to, and all these things. But could you give us, like, a top do and a top don't for, like, getting our marriage a little further along this year? Top do, top don't. I would say do something, like a like a one-day conference or a retreat, whatever season you're in, whatever you can pull off. So look those up. We're doing a one-day conference here in Lafayette on February 15th. You can go to... DiscoverTheArtOfLiving.com. Click on Married, and all the information is there. It's one day. It's a great boost for your marriage and, and kind of give you some tools. There's some weekend retreats, if you could pull those off, um, that are great and restful and, and probably um, get more time. So it's just whatever you can do. And wherever you are, I'm sure your diocese or whatever, we do the conferences all over. You can look at other dates, but there's other things out there. But I would just say, like, my wife and I just try to say, okay, what, what does our marriage need this year outside of like what, what we could do? What outside influence does our marriage need? Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Do we need it on a retreat, a conference, you know, a, a couple's thing? Do we, you know, what, what do we need for something else to interject and give us a shot in, in the arm? Do that. Don't say, uh, we'll get to it. Cause if you just say that, then it won't happen. So let one of the spouses be intentional about making it happen, you know? Yeah. And maybe you could put one of them in charge of that project. Like, hey, go find the options out yeah. there. Yeah, yeah, And then we'll talk about and it And sign up. Like, I'll go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It could be that easy. It could be that. It is that easy. It is that it easy. It is that easy. <laughs> <laughs> All right, question number five. So your word for the year is new, mm-hmm. right? It's not beginnings. Not new beginnings, new. Um, but a lot of us are, are afraid of new things, like change and, and these kinds of things. And for most of us, God has something new this year for us, like whether it's a change in our relationships or job or uh, whatever, right? So give us some advice if like we're scared of change, scared of the new thing, we're a little hesitant to detach from what has been to, to welcome what can be. Yeah, I mean, for me, the word new doesn't make sense without the word detach, right? Like the two are connected, which I didn't, you know, know at the time, but... I can't embrace new things or step forward if I'm attached to the old and the old ways or, you know, ideas because I just hold on to them. You know, you, you grasp what's comfortable. And I think that's the thing about detachment is that we become very comfortable with the things that we're comfortable with, you know, and we become used to. Instead of, you know, detaching and saying, God, what do you want? How do you want me to live What's something new that you have for me? Whether it be a new behavior, a new job, a new way of living, uh, you know, acting, whatever the case may be. But here's what I know is that God gives us whatever grace we need to do what he asks us to do. That's 
what I know. So if he's asking you to do something and there's a word on your heart, he will give you the grace to do that. Love it. Yeah. All right, question number six. There's a few football games coming up. Ooh. Yeah, we're still got a little football action. So here's my question. Mm -hmm. If both sides, like let's say Clemson and LSU fans are... New Orleans and Minnesota fans, or UL and who are they playing? Oh, yeah, Moha- Miami, Miami at Ohio, Ohio State. Yeah, Both sides are praying for God's blessings on the game and for their team to win. <laughs> what happens? I always laugh at people, and they're like, I was praying for my team to win, and I just start laughing. And they're like, what? You know? I'm like, I don't really think God cares. <laughs> you know, as much as I'm a fan, like – how can God choose a team? You know, they're all his children. I don't know. People will maybe argue with me on that, but it'd be like if two of your kids are playing basketball. Who so do you I want think to win? you, you can pray for success for both teams. You can pray for healthiness for both teams, like for health and you know for sportsmanship. Like the whole point of sport is to build all those things, and yet there's a winner at the end, and that's good. Um, and I have a certain team that I want to win. But, you know, if you pray that both teams will play their best, then the best team will win. And then you just have to just be like, the best team won. That's what my hope is. Just got to take it. Well, who is going to be the best team? What are your predictions? Well, you know, you have to take emotion out of prediction. So I'm going for the Tigers. The Tigers are going to win. And they're going to lose. Yes. (laughs) <laughs> but I'm particularly saying that the Tigers that are purple and gold will win. Nice. Yes. And you think that's a bi- unbiased opinion? It's not. Okay. It's very biased, but okay. I do think that they will. That makes sense. Yeah. Well, great. Well, you heard it here, folks. Paul George thinks LSU is going to win. Now, the Saints, they got a long road with the playoffs. Yeah. You know. So we're homers. We're We're talking about our home teams, but, you know. We're lucky right now. We're still talking about our teams being relevant. That's right. In the playoffs, which is kind of cool. You know, most of the, you know, it dwindles down. You know, we don't, every year we don't get to talk about our team being in the playoffs or whatever because they're just not. So this year they are and it's exciting. And, you know, it's it's amazing. So, but yeah, I do laugh at that. So if you pray pray for your team, I don't have a problem with it. (laughs) But, I mean, I don't know if you if you throw out, you know, I pray my te- team will win. If God, like, you know, <clears throat> looks at, like, the poverty in the world is like, oh, wait, hang on. <laughs> I need to get to that prayer. <laughs> that team's got to win. <laughs> it's, sir, it's definitely a priority. That's fine. You know, I don't know how it all works, man. It's a mystery. It is a mystery. That'll be one of the things I'll ask him. <laughs> like, what did you do on Sundays, God? Yeah. All right, so anyway, uh, sign up for the marriage conference. Uh, sign up for something. Move forward February this year. Pray 15th. about your word this year. Move forward. Take some action. It's good stuff. Um, we also have um, kind of cool thing uh, in Lafayette is a spiritual leadership symposium. So if you work, you want to grow spiritually in how you're a leader, um, leadprofessionalsgroup.com. There's a leadership symposium, uh, half day, January 18th. Uh, 2020. It's a Saturday morning. Uh, so great speakers and interaction. So lots of cool things going on. It's good to be with you this new year, Adam. It's the first time I've seen you. Same to you. Uh, I'm Happy New Year, about man. It. So 2020. This is 2020. 20. 
God bless you guys. Talk to you next week.